November 19th. Our reading in the New Testament today will be from the book of James, chapter 2, verse 18, through chapter 3, verse 18. If you have true saving faith, you will practice impartiality, and you'll see people in terms of character and not clothing, position, fame, whatever. You'll not cater to the rich or ignore the poor, but you'll love each person for the sake of Jesus Christ. See, faith is not something you only talk about. It is something that motivates your life so that you think of others and serve them. Abraham was saved by faith, but he proved that faith by obeying God and offering his son. Now, the believers James wrote to were having problems with their tongues. Of course, the tongue is not the problem. It is the heart. But before you say anything, ask yourself some questions. Number one, who's in control? If your tongue is under God's control, you will take what you say seriously, and your whole body will be under His discipline. Now the question of our three here. Number two, what will the consequences be? Are you starting a fire that may get out of control and do a lot of damage? See, once your words are spoken, you cannot take them back. So look ahead. And finally, ask this question. What are my motives? Is there bitterness in your heart or envy? Are you speaking from God's wisdom or the wisdom of the world? Are you a peacemaker or a troublemaker? Well, if your heart is right before God, He will use your words to produce the right kind of fruit. And now, let's begin our reading today in the New Testament. November 19th, James chapter 2, verse 18, through chapter 3, verse 18. Now, someone may argue, some people have faith, others have good deeds. I, James, say, I can't see your faith if you don't have good deeds, but I will show you my faith through my good deeds. Do you still think it's enough just to believe that there is one God? Well, even the demons believe this, and they tremble in terror. Fool! When will you ever learn that faith that does not result in good deeds is useless? Don't you remember that our ancestor Abraham was declared right with God because of what he did when he offered his son Isaac on the altar? You see, he was trusting God so much that he was willing to do whatever God told him to do. His faith was made complete by what he did, by his actions. And so it happened just as the Scriptures say. Abraham believed God, so God declared him to be righteous. He was even called the friend of God. So, you see, we are made right with God by what we do, not by faith alone. Rahab the prostitute is another example of this. She was made right with God by her actions when she hid those messengers and sent them safely away by a different road. Just as the body is dead without a spirit, so also faith is dead without good deeds. Dear brothers and sisters, not many of you should become teachers in the church. For we who teach will be judged by God with greater strictness. We all make many mistakes, but those who control their tongues 
can also control themselves in every other way. We can make a large horse turn around and go wherever we want by means of a small bit in its mouth. And a tiny rudder makes a huge ship turn wherever the pilot wants it to go, even though the winds are strong. So also, the tongue is a small thing, but what enormous damage it can do. A tiny spark can set a great forest on fire, and the tongue is a flame of fire. It is full of wickedness that can ruin your whole life. It can turn the entire course of your life into a blazing flame of destruction, for it is set on fire by hell itself. People can tame all kinds of animals and birds and reptiles and fish, but no one can tame the tongue. It is an uncontrollable evil full of deadly poison. Sometimes it praises our Lord and Father, and sometimes it breaks out into curses against those who have been made in the image of God. And so blessing and cursing come pouring out of the same mouth. Surely, my brothers and sisters, this is not right. Does a spring of water bubble out with both fresh water and bitter water? Can you pick olives from a fig tree, or figs from a grapevine? No, and you can't draw fresh water from a salty pool. If you are wise and understand God's ways, live a life of steady goodness, so that only good deeds will pour forth. And if you don't brag about the good you do, then you will be truly wise. But if you are bitterly jealous, and there is selfish ambition in your hearts, don't brag about being wise. That is the worst kind of lie. For jealousy and selfishness are not God's kind of wisdom. Such things are earthly, unspiritual, and motivated by the devil. For wherever there is jealousy and selfish ambition, there you will find disorder and every kind of evil. But the wisdom that comes from heaven is, first of all, pure. It is also peace-loving, gentle at all times, and willing to yield to others. It is full of mercy and good deeds. It shows no partiality and is always sincere. And those who are peacemakers will plant seeds of peace and reap a harvest of goodness. I don't know what's worse, blatantly and openly doing wrong or covering up our wrongdoings with religion. It's not a far stretch for me to relate with the two criminals that we are introduced to in Luke 23. One of the criminals speaks. He says this. He says, aren't you God? Save yourself and save us. Essentially, what this criminal hanging on a cross says to Jesus is, are you God? Aren't you, do you claim to be God? Prove it. Convince me. Win me over. This is what we do with God. Hey, if you're God, then, then, then prove it to me. If you're God, then why, why am I going through so much trouble? Maybe you blame God for the pain. and Maybe you blame God for the hurt in your life. This is the age-old question. People have been asking it since the beginning of time. And this thief, just because he's a criminal, he's no different. He says, aren't you God? Prove it to me. Almost to say, almost like, aren't you God? Then why is this happening? Why are we hanging on a cross? Why are we 
And this is the question that people have been asking for years. If there's a good God, why do bad things happen? Aren't you God? Save me. As if God owes me. As if God owes me. Quite honestly, what, what have I ever done to merit God owing me anything? Aren't you really good? If you're good, prove it. I love that Jesus doesn't respond to this man. If Jesus were to say something, maybe he would have said, that's what I'm doing, genius. (laughs) Maybe not the sarcasm that I have, but yeah. It's exactly what I'm doing is, is saving you. Then the other criminal speaks up. He says, he says, are you crazy? You're hanging on the same cross. And then he says this phrase, and we are getting what we deserve. These criminals in Luke 23, they are getting what they deserve. They deserve to die for their deeds. As far as we know, they've never once professed God. They've never once lived right. They've never once tried to make amends. They've never once shown any sign of faith or good to community or neighbors or the church or anyone the thieves all they've done is take and hurt and lie and deceive and make no mistake they are getting what they deserve and one of them is just now realizing it they have the realization that you deserve all the bad that is coming your way I deserve this. I'm actually getting like, this is just. It's just that I lose my marriage. It's just that I pay the price. It's just. I deserved it. He says, Lord, remember me when you come into your kingdom. And it's, it's like a question, isn't it? Like, like, would you? Could you? Could you even remember me? There's no specifics. He doesn't ask for a time frame. I mean, this is a dire moment, but he's not, no pressure, Jesus. He doesn't ask for a guarantee. It's, it's not like he's bargaining with Jesus because he's, he's in a hopeless place. He realizes, I don't have anything to give. Like, I, I have nothing to bargain with. This is simply a feeble plea from a desperate man who's just realized that everything he's getting, he deserves it. And he looks to God and he says, would you just remember me? If you could. Have you ever felt that way with God? Have you ever felt like you couldn't pray? Shouldn't be in church? And Jesus' response, oh, it's the most powerful most powerful statement in scripture from the cross a place of total defeat everyone else is like this man is moments from death but he's not he's moments from completing the greatest act sacrifices ever taken place you say how do bad things turn to good i don't know maybe the death of god the worst thing in history resulting in the greatest thing in history here's jesus from the point of total loss turns to this this malefactor. He says, today. Not, 
not when you work things out, not when you go to church a few times, not when you get in a city group, or once you've read your Bible, or you can quote you know, Psalms 23, or you've asked everyone to forgive you, or today you'll be with me. What's up, everybody? My name is Matthew Stout, Phase 2. I just want to tell you a little bit how my life was before I came to the refuge. Um, I used to sit in a bedroom all by myself, isolated, um, with curtains over the windows, just in complete darkness. I didn't want anything to do with the outside world or anything to do with myself, to be honest. Um, I just tried to block every single thing out. Um, But since I've come to the refuge, uh, I've started to slowly peel them curtains off the windows and um, start to, I've slowly peeked out the blinds a little bit and looked out into the world. And what I found out there was um, relationships, man. I got some really deep relationships, meaningful relationships with true brothers, true family, people that I love. And then in turn, they've showed me how to love myself and Most of all, since I've been at the refuge, I found Jesus Christ, and I accept him as my Savior, and he loves me, and that's all I need. And uh, my future seems bright. I I have a lot of hope for myself in the future. I can't wait to uh, get out there in the world and have a restart, get a good job, get a home, and just start over, start fresh, start new. I'm excited about it. And some words of encouragement I would have for the people down at the farm. Just keep your heads up. Um, Just push through. Stay strong. Rely on your brothers. Lean on them. Um, Don't be like I used to be and keep everything inside. Get everything out in the open. It's all for the best if you do that, I'm telling you. Take it from me. Somebody that used to be in the bedroom with the curtains over the windows in darkness. Take it from a guy like that. I love you guys. Keep your heads up. Psalm 118, verses 1 through 18. The Jewish people sing Psalms 113 to 118 at Passover. So this is one of the songs that Jesus sang before he went to the garden to pray. If you knew you were going to be executed unjustly, would you be able to sing praises to the Lord? Well, this is also a messianic psalm. The crowds shouted verses 25 and 26 as Jesus rode into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. And Jesus quoted verses 22 and 23 in his debate with the religious leaders. But it's also a song of praise, thanking God for deliverance from a difficult situation. The name of the Lord and the hand of the Lord can give you the victory you need. When you're hemmed in by the enemy... Well, cry out to God, and He will put you into a broad place. He will open the gates for you and give you new freedom. Psalm 118, verses 1 through 18. Give thanks to the Lord, for He is good. His faithful love endures forever. Let the congregation of Israel repeat, His faithful love endures forever. Let Aaron's descendants, the priests, repeat, His faithful love endures forever. Let all who fear the Lord repeat, 
His faithful love endures forever. In my distress, I prayed to the Lord, and the Lord answered me and rescued me. The Lord is for me, so I will not be afraid. What can mere mortals do to me? Yes, the Lord is for me. He will help me. I will look in triumph at those who hate me. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in people. It is better to trust the Lord than to put confidence in princes. Though hostile nations surround me, I destroy them all in the name of the Lord. Yes, they surrounded and attacked me, but I destroy them all in the name of the Lord. They swarmed around me like bees. They blazed against me like a roaring flame. But I destroyed them all in the name of the Lord. You did your best to kill me, O my enemy. But the Lord helped me. The Lord is my strength and my song. He has become my victory. Songs of joy and victory are sung in the camp of the godly. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. The strong right arm of the Lord is raised in triumph. The strong right arm of the Lord has done glorious things. I will not die, but I will live to tell what the Lord has done. The Lord has punished me severely, but He has not handed me over to death. Proverbs 28, verse 2 When there is moral rot within a nation, its government topples easily. But with wise and knowledgeable leaders, there is stability.